This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. Our guys today have got a special guest on the podcast. His name is Kevin Sorbo. So he is an actor and he is best known for his role as Hercules in the TV series Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and as Captain Dylan Hunt in Andromeda. And he's also starred in movies like God's Not Dead and Let There Be Light and What If and a bunch of other stuff. But guys, this was such a fun conversation because we were talking off air. We didn't really have a whole lot of time today, so we're definitely going to have him back on in the future to talk about some more stuff, but we kind of had limited time to get this in. But we started with a lot of politics because if you don't know, he is an outspoken Christian conservative. And that has had a tremendous impact, impact you know, negatively on his career. We talked about that in the show, but he's talked a lot about the stuff that's currently going on in our country. So that's where we started. We talked about with the DOJ and the FBI apparently targeting former former President Trump and you know other Americans and things like that. We talk about what's going on in culture, and we kind of bounced around a lot. We did talk about his acting career because obviously we needed to talk about uh, you know Hercules and some of the movies he's been been in. And we talked about how a lot of the Christian films uh, that we see produced today are so much better than Christian films back in the day and how that's kind of you know turning the overall narrative in terms of Christian filmmaking. We talked about truth. We talked about narrative. We talked about some near misses he had in his career early on that he you know thought at the time were the worst days of his life, but it only opened the door later. God had something else planned for him for, for him in his career. We talked about some stuff he's got coming up. He's got a Western that he's going to be filming in my home state here of Oklahoma, and he may or may not have invited me to be a bad guy on the show and kill me off early on, and I'm fine with that. I'm going to have to grow my beard out and let it get a little bit more nasty, but we can certainly make that happen. But guys, we talked about so much, but there was an interesting question I asked him at the very, very end, and it was, if he could only leave one piece of art that he's ever made, right? So one character in a movie or one character in a TV series or something like that, if he could leave one thing for humanity, what would it be and why? And I think his answer is going to be very, very interesting to you. All right, but before we go any further, I've got to remind you guys about one of my favorite sponsors ever in the history of this podcast, and that is KC Cattle Company. So you guys know I'm very, very typical in that I like to eat meat. I love eating beef, and especially if it's beef that someone else (laughs) cooks for me, but if I have to be the one to cook it, I want it to be a high-quality piece of steak, a high-quality piece of beef, and that is exactly what KC Cattle Company specializes in. And guys, I've told you this before, there are a lot of meat delivery subscription services out there, but only one of them is U.S. military veteran-owned, U.S. military veteran operated and all of their beef, chicken and pork products are produced here in the good old United States. And that's Kansas City Cattle Company, KC Cattle Company. And they specialize in Wagyu beef. So I'd heard of Wagyu before, but it wasn't until they sent me this care package full of it that I got to experience it for myself. But Wagyu beef, it's a breed of cattle known for its mutations that allow for a whole bunch more marbling inside of the meat. And that is what makes it good. So here recently, I used one of their, I cooks up some of their Wagyu skirt steak. And so I, I don't really do a whole lot with skirt steak, but I marinated this up and I made tacos with it. And so you put some lime on there and, you know, use whatever marinade you want. There's a lot of great marinades. They even sell rub, uh, you know, Casey Cattle Company does. They have a steak rub that you could put on there, but it's great for tacos, great for a lot of stuff. Guys, they sell everything from Wagyu steaks, Wagyu roast, pasture-raised chicken, pasture-raised Berkshire pork, Wagyu bacon cheeseburger bratwurst, and, and, and... 
The now world-famous Wagyu Gourmet Hot Dogs Food and Wine Magazine named them the best hot dog in the world, and I can attest to it. They are incredible. They even called it a tube steak, which I think is hilarious because it literally tastes like a steak on a bun. You guys have got to try out their products, so go to kccattlecompany.com. That's kccattlecompany.com. Use the promo code KYLE to get 15% off of your order. Again, that promo code is just my first name, KYLE. That's K-Y-L-E for 15% off of your order at kccattlecompany.com. All right, guys, I've kept Kevin Sorbo from you long enough, so without further ado, let's get into it. Kevin Sorbo, welcome to Undaunted Life of Man's podcast. Hey, it's good to be here. Good to see you, man. I'm so happy to see you. You know, we actually uh, met a while ago. We talked about it off air, but we got to share a table at a very awesome Folds of Honor event up there in Tulsa. And so we'll make sure uh, that we can make that happen again here in the near future. Now, we don't have all the time in the world today, and as I told you off air, Everyone asks you all the same questions, right? So they, they want to talk about how you got into acting. Was it cold sure. growing up in Minnesota? You know, what was it like getting your big break in television? And, you know, if we have some time, we'll, we'll get to all that. But we were talking a little bit off air that we feel like potentially we're at an inflection point right. in our country. So obviously, as of the recording of this two days ago, the FBI raided uh, Donald Trump's personal residence in Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Um, we, we saw we saw last Sunday what the uh, U.S. Senate did in terms of voting to add all these new IRS agents, even though they, they can't really find time to add new agents for the border or anything like that. It feels like we're in an inflection point for conservatism. And so for you, obviously, I could start with generically, you know, why does conservatism jive with you? But let's talk a little bit about kind of where we're at in the country. And look at There's you. There's me golfing Trump right there, buddy. Right. So if you're just uh, listening to this, he's showing me a picture of him at a golf tournament with Trump. Now, <laughs> is that after a hole in one or something? Because you look really happy. You know what? Um, no, he got a hole in one there about a couple months after this was taken. And then I got one and he sent me the video and I got one three weeks later, my eighth one. I sent him the video. So Okay, there, there you go. Well, let, let's I get Trump, into Tr- I Trump Trump. Yeah, that, that's right. So so let's talk about that. Let's talk about what's going on with Trump. Let's sure. talk about kind of the targeting of conservatism. Go. Oh, yeah. They're going to come after you. They're going to come after me. I mean, eighty seven thousand. We're talking billions of dollars of taxpayer money going to bring more of these bozos in. The IRS does nothing to make America a better country. It does. It does nothing. Their job is to be paid by us to come after us. And it's just insane. I've, I've always wanted to abolish the IRS. I think it's absolutely insane and ridiculous. But, um, you know, the battle is on. It's 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 unbelievable to me of the FBI. I mean, everybody must be being paid off so much money to do this. It's just shocking to me how corrupt the FBI is. They were all certainly part of January 6th. This is not this is not not, not, not some like some weird theory going on out there. Uh, it's It's so crazy to think that. Um, Hillary Clinton burns 33,000 emails when she's ordered to turn those emails over and no, nothing happens to her. Nothing happens to her. Uh, it, it's this is this is a first in the country. But, you know, when he, even when Trump was president, every single day the press went after him. No presidents had to put up with that every single day they went after that guy. And uh, I, I don't know. It's it's sad to see where the country is going right now. It's not. uh Getting I th- the only place it's getting better at is that COVID woke a lot of people up. Right. They saw that the government loves using fear as a weapon, and fear is an amazing weapon. Because I fly a lot, and I still see you know ninety percent of the people on planes right now don't wear a mask. It shows the majority of people are sick of the stupid mask mandate because mm-hmm. masks do squat; they do absolutely nothing. And but you still got these people. It's easier to pick up the liberals now on airplanes, that's for sure. But these people are wearing 
I was on a plane yesterday. A guy had a mask on and a shield. And I'm going, you've got to freaking be kidding me. I mean, if they, if, if this, and it's like maybe 25 years old, this guy. So I thought, okay, maybe he's got pre-existing conditions or something, but I don't know. It's uh, we, we live in strange times right now. We got a battle on our hands and we got to keep fighting it from all sides and people are starting to wake up, but don't be afraid. I figured we can't wake up the, the you know, the sheep are the sheep. I'm here to wake up the lions like you, you know, you're already fighting the fight there and we need more lions like you. Well, I appreciate that. The thing that's interesting about it is you had a tweet, I believe it was from yesterday. It says the government is the enemy of the people. Now, in 2019, that would have been considered to be a fairly extreme statement, especially coming from somebody that's on the right. You know, uh, we're in this third straight year of tremendous uh, growth in our economy. You know, everybody was really happy with what was going on in their bank accounts and at work, and they could have done without some of the mean tweets. But aside from that, if you can, if you could get over that, your life was pretty good. And then 2020 hit, and then we've been in this kind of milieu of these last couple of years of not really even understanding who we are. But it does feel that way to a degree that the government is the enemy of the people. But it's one thing to have an enemy that is docile and not attacking you. And it's another thing when the enemy is coming after you and 87,000 IRS agents, like that's bigger than the the stadium that the OU Sooners play in here in my home state. That is more agents than you can fit people in an enormous college football stadium. So, so for, for you and kind of what you've seen and kind of growing up in conservatism and kind of seeing the different factions of that, whether it be Reagan or George W or, uh, you know, Donald Trump, how does that feel to you to to look at your government and be like, man, I just I don't know if I can trust anything that you're saying to me? Well, you know, I, I'm not going to say it word for word, but one of my favorite quotes from Ronald Reagan was the greatest words of fear are high. I'm from the government. And I'm here to help. Sure. I mean, yeah, he said that back in 19 in the early 80s, um, it, it has only just gotten worse right now. And it starts with a public education system as well as, you know, as early as pre-kindergarten you know these what what they've been doing in our schools i never had that when i was going to school when i was going to school teachers taught what they were supposed to teach it was as simple as that they didn't tell me to vote they didn't tell me to believe in god or not believe in god there was nothing like that they taught their math and biology Mm -hmm. and science and that's just the way it was uh why all these teachers now through this indoctrination uh, that's been going on certainly over the last 30 years um that's all they want to talk about right now and it's 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 just it's sad to me but we have it we do have a fight in our hands I think one of the blessings of COVID, uh, not only waking people up overall with the government's doing, but waking up what the school system's doing. Mm-hmm. And now we have 2 million more kids being homeschooled, which is great. We're homeschooled advocates. My wife speaks across the country on it. Please go to sorbostudios.com, sorbostudios.com, and check that out. Um, and I, I fight my way against Hollywood. You know, they're putting out movies that create divisiveness and anger and hate and violence and sex. I'm trying to do movies that made me fall in love with wanting to be an actor in the first place, movies that have a good message about hope and redemption and love and faith and laughter and forgiveness and all those things that is certainly missing in today's uh, movies and television shows that Hollywood wants to put out there. They would never do a Hercules today. Right. I mean, when I shot that series from 1993, 2000, I didn't write the series. It was Universal Studios, the people mm-hmm. that you hired there. Um, and they actually put in moral messages. You wouldn't right. see them on today's shows. They would make Hercules a whole different thing. They'd maybe make him a transgender. I don't know. But they would change the whole thing with them now. And you're like, well, what is going on with the world? They were pushing this kind of stuff. I don't I don't get it. And I don't harbor the anger and hatred that the left has. I really don't. To me, it's, let's have a conversation. But all they got is anger. And you can't even have a civil conversation with these people. Because all they want to see is who's going to yell louder than the person next to them. And it's just... It's immature, it, it's ignorance, it's uneducated, um, and it's just, it's childish. It's like a bunch of seventh and eighth graders in junior high school mad about something. And it's just, you know, how do we get past this? Um, we just have to keep fighting. Otherwise, we're going we're gonna to lose this country. 
Well, Kevin, let's talk a little bit more about the fighting, because the thing that would be indicative, and I'm painting with a broad brush here in terms of conservatives, even specifically Christian conservatives, and this is, they were always really, really, really nice. You could push them and push them and push them and push them. And finally, when their back was against the wall, they'd be like, hey, now I need you to back up, see, because you're making me uncomfortable, see. But now I'm seeing that conservatives are going a little bit more on the offense, certainly with what was happening with critical race theory in the schools, with LGBTQ yeah. stuff in the schools, taking their kids out of the schools, even in entertainment. You see entertainment like the Top Gun movie doing incredibly, incredibly well with a very pro-America kind of generically moral message. But wow. even like as a parent now, I've got a two-year-old and a five-month-old, Kevin. I'm always concerned about what my kids are going to watch. So we love Bluey, the cartoon. That's, you know, the cartoon dogs from Australia. But the third season of it just came out today. And I'm like, I really hope there's no rainbow flags. I hope there's no pride parade. I hope there's not a transgender dog that's going to be in there. And, and I can't just set my kid down in front of the television for 30 minutes and let them watch something. I've got to be so on top of everything. Do you feel like it's going to eventually whip back where everything is going to kind of settle down and become a little bit more relaxed? Or have we kind of gone past the point of no return? No, I think we certainly reached a tipping point. But I think, you know, even the CEO of, of Netflix said to his employees, hey, look, you know, get past the wokeness. This is yeah. insane what we're doing. He says, if you're if you're going to be, you know, playing this woke card all the time, then you're more than welcome to leave the company because he saw what happened. There is a backlash right now. I'm sure that they've lost 500 million to a billion dollars over the last year, year and a half, because mm -hmm. a lot of people have left. Um, I've, I've heard up to two million subscribers. Well, my gosh, that's that's what, 40, 40 million dollars a month at least. Yeah. You know, so um, they realize they've got to they. they I, I honestly don't care what people's lifestyles are. It's just that you don't have to have it in every single TV show, every single movie that we, we have to rep represent less than 3% of the population. Transgender world is less than what 0.025%. It's, 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 it's fine. Live your life and do the things they're doing. I'm not backlashing against it. I'm in Hollywood for crying out loud, you know, for the most part, they pretty much kicked me out, but I'm still in the business <laughs> making movies. Um, I've worked with, with, you know, the gay population for 35 years. I've never had a problem with him. You know, you can't, you won't find one that's came out and said he was horrible to me. He's homophobic. I, I'm hardly homophobic. I, I I let people live their lives the way they want. What I get tired of is when you keep pushing and pushing and pushing and say, you know, you got to do this, got to do that. It's like, you know what? I don't have to do anything. Just well, you live your life. I'll live mine. I'm not here to bash you. I'm not here to, you know, change you. Um, but I'm, I'm just tired of what they're doing in terms of every single movie, uh, every single television show. It's like, guys, come on. It, it doesn't have to be it, it, the message in everything that's out there. You want equal representation? Then if you only represent 3% of the population, maybe you should only be in 3% of the television shows and movies, not 95% of it. Right. So, what I mean, whenever I talk to people, I'm like, I talk to these people that are, they're, they're steaming mad about all this stuff that their kids are watching and blah, blah, and all these things, but they're still subscribed to Netflix where the movie cuties is still on there, where it has little girls stripping yeah. for the sexual uh, predation uh, pleasure of grown men. Uh, they still have Disney plus they still have all these things. And it's like, guys, do you realize that you're you're aiding this? Like you're literally giving money to your enemy. And even in the, the best way that I could possibly describe it is you're handing money to people that hate you. And I, I don't know about you. If people yeah. hate me, that's fine. But I'm probably not going to fund their hate. That's not really something that I'm going to do. But let's talk a little bit about what you brought up in terms of being a conservative, being a Republican, being a Christian in Hollywood. Now, you've been doing your own thing for a while. And obviously, you've had a long career in Hollywood. But talk to me a little bit about that, because you even just mentioned they've kind of pushed you out as, as much as they can push you oh, out they, without being undeniable. But go for it. Yeah, they booted me out. My my agent manager said we can't work with it anymore because you're conservative and a Christian. It's probably worse being a Christian in Hollywood for some reason. I don't get it. It's like being a double leper having both those C's attached to your name. 
Um, I love the business. I love the industry. Hollywood owes me nothing. You know, I had a great career with Hercules, seven years, five years in Andromeda, did a bunch of movies up until 2012. I actually done more since then when I went on my own and I just got into the independent world. Um, fortunate to, uh, you know, keep raising enough money to make a movie or get called in to do a movie. They're all low budget movies, but they're good movies with a good message. Not every movie I've done, I'm proud of. Not every movie I've been done, I've done over 70 movies. There's a dozen that absolutely suck and I'm embarrassed <laughs> that I even did them. But uh, for the most part, movies I've done have been have been good family movies, and I'm going to keep doing those things. Um, I, I, it, it, like I said, how they, to get booted out was it was sad to me to sit there. Like I said earlier, I don't harbor that anger and hate that Hollywood does, or that that the left left has towards people like me and you. I don't I don't understand why we get this bigger and bigger great divide that's going on, but that's perpetuated by the Hollywood. I mean, you know, late great Andrew Breitbart said politics runs down from culture. Mm-hmm. Andrew was a dear friend of my wife and I. Um, I think that's kind of fishy about his death as well, but that's another thing. I think that's one of the things I posted on Twitter. I said, "Does anybody have any more conspiracy theories? Because mine keep coming true," which they did. <laughs> But, yeah. but you know, Facebook took me down about a year and a half for posting the truth. Uh, Zuckerberg, the wussy that he is, um, doesn't like the truth. He hates the truth. Uh, they want to redefine what truth is. And uh, it's unfortunate. I was posting nothing but facts. And they said, this is misinformation. I go, no, this is 10,000 doctors saying masks are useless, for instance. I'm not saying it. I'm saying, what do you think? You know, I'm, but I'm, I'm on the side of the doctors because masks are useless. It's not going to stop anything. Look at Biden. He said what? He's had all 47 jabs and wears double mask. And he's had COVID four times. Yeah. Um, COVID's here to stay. But I think, you know, to segue again, I think Fauci and Gates should be in prison for what they've done. This stuff was all planned. It was all done on purpose. And it's incredibly sad what these people have done. But uh, we do have a battle on our hands. And I'm, I'm going to keep fighting it with good movies. And um, the biggest thing is trying to raise money for them. I do movies in the three to four million range. It's like pulling teeth to do the movies that I do. That's three, four million dollars. That's catering budget in Pirates of the Caribbean and Avengers. Those are three hundred million dollar movies. And then they have a hundred million dollars to promote it. We got to rely on word of mouth. But I'm lucky enough to keep going. I actually shot two movies in your home state. Mm-hmm. One is called Girl Who Believes in Miracles with Mira Sorvino and Peter Coyote. Wonderful family movie. I just finished the Reagan movie with Dennis Quaid there. We shot in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Right. Now uh, that one's coming out probably in February, March of next year. I played his pastor in a movie. Uh, so, you know, we're staying busy. I got a Western we're hoping to shoot in your state as well. So maybe we can get you to come on the set. But um, hey, you know, if you I, need if you need a red bearded extra, I, I know I a guy. We, we will. I think we can work it out. I think we can OK, work it out. that sounds good to me. Yeah, because we'll make you a bad guy. We'll kill you off early in the movie. Hey, that's <laughs> fine. I'm totally cool. With that. I make a better bad guy than a good guy. But yeah, you were filming that about 20 minutes away from my house. Uh, the one that you did with Dennis Quaid. Now, you you said a cuss word and I don't know if you you knew that, Kevin. You said the word truth about two minutes ago. Yeah. Now we seem to be in a post-truth culture. Now you can That's extrapolate a five that. letter cuss word. This right. Is exactly. It's, it's a big, big time cuss word, <laughs> but it's like, if you look at it in certain ways, again, most people don't know what postmodernism is, but that's where we basically get this cultural relativism where your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. <laughs> your morality is your morality. Mine is mine. There's not oh. a, 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 you know, cosmic morality or any way to differentiate between good and evil or any of those types of things. How does that feel for for someone like you that that is a family man, a businessman trying to create art? And we'll we'll get more into kind of Christian and, and moral art and those types sure. of things. When true statements are seen as anathema or something that you can't possibly utter in polite company. 
Well, the truth hurts, right? People hate hearing the truth. They'd rather be lied to. I'm not a perfect person. I, I've, I've done a lot of bad things in my life and I you know, regret. And I'll probably continue to do stupid things that I'm going to regret. But um, I'm not out here to, to preach to people. I'm out here to just try to do movies that have a more of a positive thing. But it's so weird. We're trying to redefine everything right now. We're changing the names. I look at these people and look and say, well, let's tear down these statues. Let's get rid of Mount Rushmore. Let's do I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy to me that people think America is the only country that has had bad history. Every country has good and bad history. And the whole idea about remembering history is so it doesn't repeat itself. And now we're going to repeat it because people want to get rid of it. They're not teaching it properly in schools anymore. They don't even teach kids about the American Revolution or the Civil War. They're just, they're just getting rid of it. And this is these are these are this is reality. We got people out there thinking that the Holocaust was fake, even though you got you've got video footage, you've got all this, you know, the, the knowledge there that's right there in front of you. But um this whole thing about your truth is your truth, my truth. The truth is the truth. Right is right, left is left. Two plus two is four. Quit changing the definition of all these words right now. There, there are things that are normal and things that are abnormal. That's why there, it, it's, it's not normal to run around killing people all the time. It's not a good thing to do, okay? But we're sitting there making it look like now. We, we, keep, we don't even put these guys in prison. There was a guy in, in, in New York City who's been arrested over 100 times, and they keep releasing him. Yeah. He keeps committing crimes. What, what do we have to do? I mean, it's these mayors of these liberal cities. I look at that crazy mayor in Chicago. How does she stay in power? A city that has the strictest gun laws, the strictest gun laws in America, has the most shootings. For over 4,000 shootings a year over the last five years. And I know this thing because I've got, I've got a documentary it's called Bleeding Blue. Now, in the last, the last I saw a statistic, it was 4,100 shootings in 2018. 41, just in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That's what, a dozen a day. Every single day, that many. How many involve the police? Very few. 0.2%. Yeah. So 99.8% are mostly black on black killing each other, but it's mostly civilian on civilian. Over 99%. What gets the news? That one less than 1% that the cops are involved with. It's unbelievable. And this is how they twist and turn things. They were interviewing some uh, women, young women in Minneapolis, Rhymefront. During the riots, that's it. My, my home state's turning into California biz politics. And they asked them, how many black people do you think are killed by cops a day? A day. And they said thousands. Yeah. Thousands? What? Don't you think that'd be on the news? Are these people, are they just that angry about that? You know, in that same year, I just mentioned, how many, how many black people were killed by cops? 10 in the entire country. 10 in 2018. Mm-hmm. How many cops were killed? 80. 80. Where, where, where's the uproar over that? It's just, you know, they 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 know what buttons to push with people. I think there's just a lot of uneducated people out there. They're ignorant people that don't want to look at the reality, don't want to look to the truth. And there we are back to truth again. Well, Kevin, it's it's bite-sized narratives versus no. truth. The, the truth is too hard to absorb, but it's sure. we kind of have an easy proof here. You can know something's not an epidemic. Right. So there's not an epidemic of police officers shooting and killing unarmed uh, black civilians that are sitting there just reading their Bible or eating a sandwich on a park bench. And the reason is, is because every time one of these instances comes up, you know, the person's name, like because if something's a real epidemic, most people can't name 100 people that died in the Holocaust because there were six million people. That's too much information for our brains to take in. It's so much easier to play into a narrative as opposed to truth. And that's why I tell guys all the time again, Undaunted Life, we're here to equip men to push back darkness. How do you push back darkness? 
with truth, but you also have to have fortitude. You also have to have resilience and you also have to have the willingness to do that. And so part of what you've mentioned several times here, Kevin, is, is the way that you're pushing back is by making these wholesome movies. And that's that shouldn't be a bad word when you're describing movies in terms of wholesome. But again, you know this to be the case and it's been talked about ad nauseum at this point. Christian filmmaking kind of has a negative rap because a lot of the Christian films that were made in the 90s and 2000s were hot steaming piles of garbage. And so yeah. you have these people that are like, I'm not going to watch that Christian film. It's going to be corny. Or it's going to be that. Now they miss out on that, but then they run to the entertainment that has the budget, that has the A-list actors, but also has the sex, has the gratuitous murders, has all the negative things and woke stuff inside of it. So talk to me a little bit about that, about the perception of Christian filmmaking and the work that you do. Well, I think the uh, Christian filmmaking has improved greatly over the last 12, 14 years. There's no mm -hmm. question. It's better stories um, because, uh, because equipment now from sound to uh, cameras, whatever, is so much cheaper and so much better than it was 30 years ago um, that these movies that my, I look at my movie, God's not dead, a little $2 million budget made $140 million worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, Let the be light movie. I directed did very well. Uh, a soul Surfer movie I did with Dennis Quaid did very, very well in the life of Bethany Hamilton. So um, more and more of these movies are coming out. Um, I can only imagine Cindy Bond's company does great work. The Kendrick brothers, uh, do wonderful movies as well. Um, Rich Peluso and Sony Affirm do one. I mean, there's there's a lot of people out there doing quality uh, work right now. And uh, I think the biggest thing is, the, since we have, uh, there's a smaller pocket of us, we need to get together and support each other's films. I mean, we all have different audiences that follow us and similar audiences that follow us. Mm -hmm. I say different, just maybe I have fans because of Hercules that want to watch my movies, but maybe I haven't wa watched an Irwin Brothers film, you know? And we need to we need to band together so we can we can harvest as many people as we can to watch our movies and spread the word better. And I'm hoping one day that will happen. But um, it's 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 sad what 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 um, people that they don't want to take a chance. Here's the thing, and I get this from you know atheists and agnostics. I've talked to them all, and I've got friends in that in those categories as well. We're still friends. We don't hate each other for different points of view. And um, they say, well, the trouble with the perception of Christians that they all think they're so much better than everybody else. And I'm not going to disagree with that, but it only takes a handful of people to do that. I think most Christians, I don't know, are really good people and they don't have a better than thou attitude, but they're the ones that have a lot of power can have that, have that perception. And that, and that's, the, that's the problem. And we need to, uh, we need to fight back on that because uh, Christians, uh, you know, we need to be the most forgiving out there. And sometimes they can be the least forgiving and uh, we need to work on that. And I know that I don't need to, because I know I'm a, I'm a screw up just as bad as anybody else out there, but uh, at least I'm aware of it. And I'm trying to get, get people to get involved in these movies. I don't want to always have a Christian message. I want to have movies just have good values in there. You know, I want to do movies like Blindside, you know, mm -hmm. what a great movie that people that maybe didn't have a faith of any kind, the message was still in the movie, but and they looked at it as a really good sports movie, but the message was still in there. It still snuck up on them in a positive way, not a negative way. So I want to keep doing more and more movies like that. And uh, I have those. I have them ready to go. I've got three movies done in the can. I've got two documentaries that are wonderful documentaries, very educational. And uh, they'll all be out over the next six to eight months. Well, I'm in, in terms of your idea about, hey, us kind of putting and pulling our resources together to make sure people are aware of this, that people can watch the films. But also, I think one thing that you talked about in terms of Christians, uh, you know, having issues and people having issues with Christians is 
people don't like Christians to a degree because they have standards and they don't want to live by standards, but it's when Christians uh-huh. make an idol of those standards and they make an idol of their, their ability to check all the boxes and, and follow all the rules. That's whenever it gets very problematic for a lot of folks. But I, yeah. I do want to kind of go back in reverse and talk a little bit about early in your acting career, because I think there was a lesson that would be good for our audience to know really for anybody to know is that for, from my understanding anyway, you can correct the record. If I've got it wrong, you had some near misses, early in your career that I'm sure were wildly disappointing. So as I understand it, you lost out to Dean Cain for the role of Superman in, you know, Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman, which made, made Dean Cain an international, you know, superstar. But you also lost out, and I didn't know this, to David Duchovny for the role of Fox Mulder in X-Files, as far as I understand it. But you did eventually get your big break as Hercules in the television show. And, you know, you did a little Hercules type stuff before that. But talk to me a little bit about that. You know, one, make sure I've gotten all my, my facts straight, but also there's a big time lesson in there that you could have just hit the reset button on your entire life the first time you got the call that said hey you didn't get the gig but you stuck with it and here you are with this incredibly long and illustrious career in hollywood well i am a 13 year overnight success so okay see there you go um uh there's a lot of work in i mean it's a very competitive business obviously even on both sides of the camera i mean it it's it's I, I love it if I hear somebody say, well, I didn't really want to be an actor. I sort of fell into it. That's BS. Uh, it, the, this this career, uh, making movies and TV, no matter what side of the camera on, you want to be in that business more than any other one. I understand other businesses for other people. I didn't want to do that, but I had to find a way to make money. Um, no, this is a, this. these are careers that people want. They go after. And it is highly competitive. I mean, every I moved to L.A. I didn't know anybody. You know, I went out there, little town, I grew up in a little town of Minnesota, about 7,000 people west of Minneapolis. And I loaded up my beat up old car and I just moved out there. And I just said, all right, let's give this a shot, you know. And I'd done a lot of commercials already. Minneapolis, St. Paul is, uh, people don't realize they're headquarters for a lot of big companies like Best Buy, Target, 3M, Honeywell, Pillsbury, General Mills. So I did a lot of commercials. So I had that all important Screen Actors Guild card, that SAG card that you That's must right. have. Yeah. a chance to have an audition. So that wasn't a problem for me to get a commercial agent. But I will tell you, I was one of the fortunate ones. I never had to work another job in Hollywood. I never had to bartend or wait tables or be a bouncer to any of that stuff. I worked very well commercially. So I was very fortunate to just keep working and keep getting a paycheck and keep being able to pay my rent and my my car loan and all that stuff and take the classes I wanted to take in acting and also um uh, you know, go on auditions when I had auditions. So I was very lucky that way. And I was very lucky to meet a guy that owned three apartment buildings. So I got a rent control apartment right in the Santa Monica Venice border. Gold's gym is blocks away. It was my second home. Uh, the beach was right there. I mean, as guy in his twenties, this was awesome for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I did come close on the company thing. I got down to like the last five, six guys, but on the other one, um, I did a screen test with Terry Hatcher for Lois and Clark and Dean Kane was the other. Dean's been a friend for years. I've known mm-hmm. Dean for over 30 years. Um, great guy. In fact, he and I just shot a movie together recently. There you so, go. See, and we bought we you know a lot of times with these autograph shows, these comic cons, we sign next to each other and go out mm-hmm. and have dinner. And he's just he's just a class act. And um, so I, I initially got the role, and when I did the last meeting with the with all powers that be there at Warner Brothers lot, and then the next day they changed their mind and went with Dean. So you go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows in less than twenty four hours. It's a brutal business. Uh, three months later, I got Hercules. So I always joke to Dean, I go, I go, well, let's see. My show in seven years became the most watched TV show in the world with Hercules. And your show got canceled after three seasons. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> what happened? 
But, you know, Dean works all the time. I mean, the guy works constantly. And I have a movie right now I'm trying to raise money for that I want to direct with Dean and I in it. That's a wonderful, wonderful independent movie. So we'll see if we can raise the money to get that. But yeah, I, I put my time and I bust my butt. You know, I, as a friend said to me, a good dear friend of mine from Minnesota, I've known forever. He said, he goes, Sorbs, remember it's called show business, not show show. And I always remember that, you know, I was a double major marketing and advertising in college and business major. And I, I, I marketed and advertised myself. I was my own product and you are, that's what you are in Hollywood. So um, I had a lot of no's, a lot of doors slammed my face. Um, everything in Hollywood is about uh, you're too young, you're too old, you're too tall, too short. It's always something. It's mm-hmm. always about rejection. And, um, you know, you've got to just tough it out. And I just I bug my agents all the time because I I would I would uh, apply for the breakdown service and get it, the faxes back in that day sent to me. Hey, I'm ready for this role. Get me in there. I remember my my agent said to me one time, he goes, Kevin, I've got 100 other clients. I said, I don't give a crap about your other clients. You think they care about me? <laughs> right. said, give me a chance to be rejected. That was my match. At least let me get in the door. And I, I logged a lot of miles in those crappy uh, six lane freeways of uh, L.A. on the 405 and 101, you know, spending an hour and a half going 16 miles you know, stuck in traffic. Right. But uh, I, I I loved it. I would never go back there to live. I left four years ago. I live in the beautiful state of Florida. We left one of the worst governors in the country with Newsom to DeSantis, who's the biggest rock star in our country right now. And um, I, I, this state's been great for me. I, I love being here. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I love hearing that story about, hey, just get me in the door because a lot of people just want things to happen. And again, I'm a millennial. Well, go ahead. I got to say real quick. This is the biggest thing I try to tell people. I do a lot of speaking events. And I say, you know what, the, the troubling thing with so many people, um, they're afraid of failure and maybe they're afraid of success at the same time. Mm. But they, they fail once and that's it for them. They just give up. Yeah. And they've give, given up on life. And then I think they become bitter and they become angry as the years roll along. Because I saw it happen in Hollywood. I saw guys when I was in my 20s. And then, you know, I got Hercules in my early 30s. But I saw guys just go off the deep end, whether it was drugs, whether it was alcohol, or just just a, a mood change. And, you know, I had a buddy commit suicide because it didn't turn out for his career. They wanted to turn out. It's a very evil town. It really is. But at the same time, I love the creative uh, business. I do. I love it. People say, well, why are you in there if it's such so many jerks in there? I love being on the set. I love the process of working with people, creating something of nothing, you know, working with talented writers, camera people, hair and makeup people, whatever it may be, visual effects guys. So I still have a love for it. I'm still a kid when I'm on the set. I still enjoy it. Uh, I'm grateful that Hercules by season three, they started letting me directing some of them because that led on me now directing that I'm doing on these movies. So uh, it, 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 it's been, a, it's been a godsend in a lot of ways for me because I love doing it, but boy, it's, it's tough. And it beats you up and you got to be able to stick it out because too many people give up, not only my business, just in life. And they, they want to blame God or blame a God they don't believe in or blaming family, friends, the world. And I tell people, cue the Michael Jackson song. It's the man in the mirror. Look in the mirror. That's where the problem is. And we need people to, 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 to really gut it out and stop blaming the rest of the world for the problems that they have created on their own. And uh, say, you know what? I got to get going and I got to do something about this life because too many people just give up and they become miserable SOBs that you're seeing played out right now in the Antifa world. I guarantee you, if I did a documentary on Antifa, individual individual interviews with all of them, if they would let me without trying to kill me, um, I don't hate them, but yet they're going to hate you and me. Just you know, Antifa stands for what? Anti-fascists? They are fascists. They, they, they must know that. If they don't know that, then they need to be educated for it. But I would love to interview, seriously. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I'd love to say, 
okay, I bet you there's a common thread. There's a common denominator. What's going on in each of their lives? I know there is. And that becomes, it's like a gang, right? That's why people join gangs to make up for the loss of fathers. Because 80% of black, 80% of black kids in this country are raised without a father. So you got to see the link there. It's proven that in that link, there's more violence, there's gang members, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's 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 abuse, uh, there's prison. I mean, it's right there. I don't make this stuff up. It's reality. But once again, don't send the truth. Oh, it's, that's truth. Don't talk about it. Yeah, we it, it's talk, we need to talk about it. Well, and also something that you were talking about, there's just talking about the, the resistance that you meet in Hollywood. A lot of it has to do with discipline over motivation. You know, sure. I wasn't motivated to get into my home gym this morning and put a bunch of weight on the bar and squat down to the floor and then get back up. But it's what discipline required of me. So I had pre-decided no. that I am a guy that lifts weights. So this is something I'm going to do. It might be I'm a guy that reads the Bible or I'm a guy that goes for a run. I'm a guy that does a hard thing. Now, we could talk about a million more things, but we will the next time you come on the show. But I know you got some stuff going on today. So this is the last question I got for you for the day. So you've done a lot of things on film for the last you know multiple decades but if you could only leave one thing to the world one of your works as an actor so that could be a film it could be an entire television series but one thing in your entire career and the rest of your career is wiped out what are you leaving for humanity um i did a movie called what if um i've done over i've shot 73 movies what if is certainly in my top three what if is written by the same guys who did god's not dead in my book, it's a much better book. Same, a much better, better movie. Same guys wrote God's Not Dead, so I'm taking nothing away from them there. But the writers even said they agree with me because they've heard me say this before that I think What If's a better movie. Um, it was directed by Dallas Jenkins, who's now doing Chosen, which is highly successful. Right. Um, Dallas is the son of Jerry Jenkins. Jerry Jenkins wrote the What uh, the um, the uh, Left Behind books. I just finished directing the next Left Behind movie, Rise of the Antichrist. That'll probably be out around Christmas or January. Um, what if is a, is an amazing movie because all of us have that what if moment in our life. And it might be more than once during stages of your life. But you always go, what if I did this? What if I had done that instead of, you know, it's it's like there's a song by, um, by uh, uh, what's his name from Wham? Uh, who passed away. You know what I'm talking about? George uh, Michael. No. George no. Michael. There you go. There's a song called um, A Different Corner or something. And it's about, it, it's an opportunity cost that the, I, I taught in, in economics that used to teach us that you might go right. Maybe you should have gone left that day because you know, you've, you've left so many different opportunities in your life. And we do this every single day when we're driving a car. We, maybe if we have gone left, there would have been a car accident. Maybe we went straight and there wasn't one. Um, maybe we went right and something amazing happened. There's so many things that are, there's so many more opportunity costs out there for each action that we do. I mean, I, I could be working out right now and start talking to you, but I worked out already this morning myself. I'm an old dude. I'm still working out every day. So, um, but I, I, as you know, somebody wants to work out. A lot of people, they give up too quick on that. If you can mm -hmm. get past that second or third week of working out, trust me, it will become a positive drug for you. And, and as you know, we have a huge obesity problem on this. And I love, I saw Bill Maher post something recently, which I was really impressed with. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, I've done his show many times back in the past as politically incorrect. And I love seeing this guy who's a liberal, who's left wing, coming out more and more now, sounding like somebody, at least someone down the middle. But he's posting a lot of truth now. And he's pissing off people on the left. I'm going, guys, once again, he's just telling the truth. What is wrong with the truth? But I mean, I'm, I'm hoping if anything's left behind of all my work, I hope people will see What If. It's an amazing, amazing movie. And it's got such a wonderful message in there. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll make you think. And hopefully it'll make you uh, go down a better road than you're on right now. Well, guys, I will make sure that is in the show notes. But that's all for me. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest? 
Uh, go to sorbostudios.com. A lot of things coming out pipeline. Sorbostudios.com. Keep up to date with what my wife and I are doing. We've merged both both of our websites together. Um, just you know, we're just keep fighting the good fight. We have to keep on fighting strong, guys, because people um, people need people need it out there. And uh, I'm here to try to make things hopefully better for people. Um, I've had the number one after school program in, in Los Angeles for 24 years now, called the World Fit for Kids. My program needs to be in every school district across America right now. People really need to look into it. Go to worldfitforkids.org and learn more what's happening there as well. Guys, all that will be in the show notes. Kevin Sorbo, thank you for coming on the Daunted Life of Man's podcast. My pleasure. All the best. See you next right. time. There you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Kevin Sorbo. But before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. At Undaunted Life, our mission is equipping men to push back darkness with content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. So I've got here, I've got a bunch of links for you here today. So I've got Kevin's website. I've got his Twitter. You should definitely be following him on Twitter. I've also got a link to Sorbo Studios, which he mentioned in the podcast, and also World Fit for Kids. And then the movie he mentioned there, What If, I've got a link to where you can purchase that on Amazon. And then I've got a link to a couple of books that he has there on Amazon. Called One's called True Strength, and the other one is called True Faith. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the show. We do appreciate it. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a positive five-star review. If you want me to come speak live at your event or on your podcast, just shoot me an email to info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook and check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming your way. Just go to www.undaunted.life. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music for our content. The music on this podcast is their song Cutting the Ties, which is off their 10th anniversary re recording of their album leveler the links are in the description i'm your host kyle thompson remember keep pushing back darkness keep forging spiritual mental and physical resilience keep seeking the lion of judah